welcome to Radio Brews News live from the great Australasian Beer Spectacular 2013. As ever, I'm joined by my good friend, colleague, co-host, Master of Ceremonies of the Australian National Beer Awards, host of the uh, Brewers and Chewers, host of the Craft Beer College at Gabs, Pete, Professor Pilsner, Mitchum. Pete, welcome back. G'day, Matt. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for waiting so long to finally get to, uh, to talk to me. I, I've, I've seen this growing list of brewers, of people who just drink beer, some dodgy homeless bloke who just walked past. I bet you've spoken to everyone except me. <laughs> well, it, we are recording this just outside the Craft Beer College. The first session of the Saturday uh, afternoon. afternoon of Gabs has just finished. You can still hear the uh, punters some very happy punters uh, still being ushered out. Um, but it, 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 more than anything, it's just great to, uh, to sit across the table from you uh, while we record one rather than a disembodied voice on Skype. It is. It's interesting because, uh, I mean, this, this time, you know, like if, I, if I need to butt in on one of your very long rants, you know, I can just put my <laughs> hand up and just, like this and, and you can actually see me. Whereas, you know, when I'm in Melbourne and you're in Brisbane, I've just got to, I've just got to wait for you to draw a breath and then uh, hope I can sneak a a word in edgeways with a shoehorn. You just need to suffer through, don't you? I well, do. I'm, I'm happy to say no rants today. You know, it's, it's all. Uh, and, and, and look, and, and in all seriousness, I mean, having we're, we're, we're perched up here. I'm, I'm sure everyone else has already described the scene, but we're we're up here on the balcony at the old uh, Royal Exhibition Building, Heritage Listed Building. It's a beautiful space, but you get to look down, and it's just at, at a first glance, it's just like people soup. Like there's just people everywhere, but then you actually sort of scan through the crowd, and the 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 happiness is tangible. Like people are, there's a, a really great vibe. There's a great feel through Craft Beer College. I mean, we've been getting a, a really broad demographic of people coming through from old and young and male and female and uh, you know beer nerds to um, you know beer novices. And it's it's just great that everyone just seems to have be here for the one purpose. And it, it really is. I get you know what I've, I've spoken about a lot this week. It's it's a beer community rather than a beer industry. And and things like this really highlight that. And it's a genuine outreach event. Looking down and uh, just to paint a word picture. So I've posted a couple of uh, pictures that will send a company with this great big hall. But it is so big that it just spreads people out. So you're down there. You're in a throng. You're in a buzz. There's a lot of people. How many people do you reckon? Three, four thousand. Uh, easy, easy, two and a half, three thousand. I would have said at this session. And yet, looking down on it, you see a lot of floor in between. So it, sometimes it almost looks like it's not at capacity until you scan the long uh, German beer hall style benches that are full. Uh, yeah, full as a fat lady sock from sort of a to breakfast. And but again, you know, everyone's sort of uh, there's, there's people walking past with paddles, and everyone's looking at each other's paddles and going, "Oh, what's really good? Oh, what you know? What's your favourite?" Um, so it's not sort of like uh, you, you, you don't really have to try all that hard to find a, a beer that you like. You've got, um, and look, what, what the guys from the Tap House have done with uh, Gab's version 2.0 is they've put in some beer ambassadors. And these are, uh, are, are guys who are volunteers, 100% volunteers, but they know their beer, they love their beer, but they communicate it in a really, uh, I guess, you know, to use that marketing term in a consumer-facing way. <laughs> um, You'll get me started on a rant <laughs> speaking like that. I've got a soapbox in Craft Beer College. I <laughs> forgot to bring it with me. Uh, I'll be back in a sec. Um, but but who are able to sort of you know it, detect that sort of oh, I just, I'm not quite sure what I want, and they can assist in terms of you know yeah, yeah after something fruity, after something malty, after something hoppy. Do you not know what hops are? And then they send them up to me at Craft Beer College, and we sort of you know <laughs> take them through a session, and then they've got their L plates and their um, their training wheels, and they're and they're right to go. But everyone's catered for whether you, know, you, you whether you love your beer or this is the first time you've ever had it. Um, everyone's catered for, it's great. And, you know, look, 
they're... And that's enough of an ad. I think. How much did they pay us for, for well, this spot? Well, they didn't. They won't even let me put my sign out over the uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the beautiful uh, Australian Brews News logo that uh, you, you printed. They won't let me put that out. But uh, no, you know, it's, it's one of those things. There was a little bit of um, disenchantment about the festival. It, it, it's not officially part of Good Beer Week. You know, there was a little bit of. Uh, Ructions about that, and yep. also the size of the venue, and having so many one-off beers being done. There's a bit of a concern that over the next two or three months, there's going to be a lot of beer uh, hitting the Australian market. It's, you know, so brewers who have got regular taps or things like that might lose those temporarily. And there's, you know, there's a few other little things that um, an event this size is always going to cause problems. But when you're here on the floor and you see the Matt, I'll just interrupt you there. I'm not convinced that there's going to be a lot of beer left over sort of flooding the market because there are a lot of... Uh, the, the idea, the concept was each brewer was asked to provide one keg per session and there are five sessions. But there's a lot of brewers can't brew the six keg that they bought. So they, they brought... They, they, they brewed their, oh, their 25. Oh, um, so with you, right. But they can't have been commercially available for But look, they but look, are... That's, that, that's going to spoil the consumer for choice. That, that they are... Yeah, but it... It's not a shit politics. No, no, I, I, I call shenanigans. No, no, no but, but that's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to have a go on this one because, you know, I, and I've spoken to uh, the, the guys from Capitals about this, but when you're here on the floor and you see the cross section of people, and I reckon fully a third of the people here are women. Um, oh, easily. And they're not women that have been dragged by, as I've said uh, elsewhere uh, on this podcast. They're not the ones leading the blokes around by the nose, you know. But, and they've not been can dragged go, along. Can to we go yet? Can we go yet? Yeah. Can we go yet? They are here, they're participating. The you know it's from 18 to 80 um, to, to coin a phrase that's never been used before. Um, there are actually some pretty shitty looking blokes who I suspect have come along as a designated driver for their misses. <laughs> and, it, and I've even seen groups of uh, girls um, who yep. have, by and large, been unaccosted. Maybe by the end of the session. Um, but it, it's a really it really is. If you're here on the floor, you cannot be in any way cynical about the event itself. And, no, you know, bar no. anything else. And uh, you know, so full credit and. You know, I've given Steve and Guy you know, a, a bit of chat about it, so all, all credit to them for it, because it really is a fantastic event. And you speak and to guys like Jasper Cuppage, yep. um, who listeners you'll be hearing from very shortly, um, from uh, Camden Brewery in London. Camden right, Town Brewery. Camden yep. Town Brewery in London. Just rates it. He reckons it's one of the best beer weeks that he's ever been to, and one of the best beer events that he's ever been to. And Australians love to be told, you know, within five minutes of getting off the plane, a foreign business asks, so what do you think of our town so far? To hear that sort of thing must be fantastic place for Crafty and the Good Beer Week team and uh, the guys at the Tap House and uh, Gabs. Here, here. So, mate, um, very quickly, we are. We, I have been recording uh, interviews uh, over the last uh, two uh, and a half day or day and a half of uh, Gabs, um, but y- you've had a very bu- busy week. Uh, you, you got your first hosting gig of the uh, Australian National Beer Awards, which you did very, very well at with uh, young Julia. Uh, Julia G- Jenkins, Jenkins, yeah, we, we co-host it. I like the way you say my first because it's technically it's your only. You, you only get one crack at this. The uh, the protocol is that uh, we rotate uh, and there's a new one every year. So, you know, you hang around long enough and, and, and perhaps stop upsetting people Mate, and, I, you know, you might get your go. I reckon uh, I, I'd like to see you become the Bert Newton of the Beer Awards, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the Logies. Uh, Mate, they would get bored. They would, they, they'd get bored seeing the same old face. I think, I think look... It was an honour and a privilege, and I, and I don't say that lightly because I've had plenty of... I mean, I've, I've, a lot of people, uh, Bruise News listeners out there will, may not be aware, but I've performed live on stage with the Pope. Uh, you know, I've, I've, Which Pope? Uh, John Paul the Catholic II. Pope. The Catholic really? Pope, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, back in, uh, I think it was 1988. 
uh, at a, a papal mass. It was the first papal visit to Australia for a long while. I got to do a reading at the you know in front of 200,000 people. So to be honest, 700 pissed idiots at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the beer awards. It was a piece of cake. No, it was an honour. It was a privilege, and, I, and, I, and in all honesty, I don't I don't say that lightly. Uh, but it's a it, it's not about it's not about the host. It's not as if you know if you get a, a pay a lot of money and get a certain personality, you're going to sell more tickets. They're really all there about. And look, my my aim was to get through without stumbling uh, across any pronunciation, uh, without missing I any awards. You gave Julia all the hard ones. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a line there from Sam Puss that I, can't, I just realised I can't use. Yeah, my, my, my name's Billy Hunt, not yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, so we that was my aim was to make sure that uh, it was a, a clean and crisp. You know, it was, it, to use one of my old expressions about describing a sessionable beer, I, I really wanted to be sort of you know ten overs, none for forty, just line and length delivery. Uh, and make sure that everyone went home going, it was a great night. And, and I think we achieved that. And it was, and you did, like, I'm very, very proud of you, if that doesn't sound like too patronising. Thanks, to Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you also, and now, whereas uh, it was very up and down uh, for the AIBA, you also hosted Brewers and Chewers, and I've had so yeah. much good feedback. Yeah. Not, oh, you know, okay. Punters getting to sit around with some of the best brewers in Australia and the world is a pretty good experience, but they were talking about what a fantastic host Pete Mitchum was. So if I can, you know... Well, mate, really blow sunshine up your skirt. <laughs> uh, congratulations on that as well. It, just to, just to, uh, I guess, temper that with uh, with just a little bit of reality. You've got people who come along, and the basic concept is they are going to be sat down, weighted on hand and foot for food and beer and brewers, and and, and just have conversation, good food and good beer brought to them. That's a pretty easy crowd to. Yeah. to but for the, no, to but, get love from, but, but with, well, they're, they're going to love you. But you're starting from a pretty high starting point to begin with. You are, but and and the other thing too, but I will for them say, to remember you over all of that is the point. Uh, no, no. Look, I, I I like to think of myself in that role as as the glue, I guess, that binds the the different elements together, and that you know, without trying to sound too sucky, but the brewers really make that night. They everyone said, oh, you know, the gags are great, and you, you had a great rapport, and that's what. Yeah, I do know the brewers. Uh, but the brewers, at the end of the day, are the ones with the stories, and it's just a case of it's just a case of getting the um, getting the stories out um, and translating it, you know, in a I guess a, a palatable format to the to the guests. And if if I did that, then um, yeah, my, my my work here is done. I'm happy with that. Well, you did. But no, thank you for saying it. No, it's no, very nice of you. And uh, yeah, we'll get off the uh, well. I won't say mutual admiration society because you haven't said anything. <laughs> it's nice pretty one way, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, mate, what else has been happening? You, you've you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a while. And listeners, as ever, I am apologise. As ever, I'm saying as ever. But then, as ever, but I'm I also apologising. Yeah, but I digress. Dot com. Dot um, And uh, mate, what, what have you been up to? Uh, well, look. If, yeah. Doing a lot of corporate stuff and doing a lot of uh, a lot of family stuff. Uh, working on some new projects with um, a, a good friend of the program and a girl that you may be uh, familiar with uh, by the name of Kiralee Waldhorn, who's recently uh, emigrated from uh, from to New Melbourne, South Wales yes. down to Melbourne. Uh, and we're working on a few uh, projects that we'd, we'd like to uh, sort of present as um, as events uh, and uh, yeah, a bit of corporate work and that sort of thing. Just I guess combining our talents, uh, different. As they are the same in terms of just you know, I guess trying to get this the, the word out, um, like we're doing right now, uh, it, and looking out here at Gabs about drinking better, drinking local, uh, identifying flavour, working out what it is that um, about beer that, that that you might like that you don't know yet. Um, so just a lot of that sort of stuff, but, but all very boring, and I'm sure the listeners have got much better things to listen to. No, but uh, mate, I, I'm again making a commitment that we are. 
Radio Brews News is one of the things that we enjoy doing the most, and it's, it's very things much. that we get. You know, we, we get some fantastic feedback from everybody um, about the, the site because we are a little point oh, of difference look, on the. Uh, the amount of feedback I've been getting: uh, where the hell is it? Why don't you hurry up and put it out? Why has it been so long? Well, as I always say, show us the money, and we uh, absolutely <laughs> will. But uh, you know, it, 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 we will get out and do it. But uh, you know. Without any further ado, we might get in, uh, sort of start playing some of the interviews we've had. It and listen, sorry for the uh, um, sound quality. We are recording this literally on just above the uh, throng of uh, gabs. It's, it's actually change over time just at the moment. So this is the point at which uh, the uh, the grateful punters from session one on Saturday uh, have all uh, politely left, and there's a little bit of cleaning up and tidying up and uh, stacking of chairs and what have you in preparation for uh, for the next session. But uh, prop. Good to be back with you. And, Mate, you uh, too. We, we won't outro this. We'll go straight into the interviews and uh, then go straight into uh, a little bit of uh, Lederhosen music to, to, to finish. Mate, but, uh, I miss it, and I'm sure the listeners do. I can't. I just can't wait to hear that roll out the barrel. And we will, and uh, we'll try and be back uh, with you in your living rooms, or on your tram. On a more regular basis. On a more regular basis. So, yeah, listeners, thank you very much for sticking with us, and uh, look forward to uh, talking at you again soon. One podcast per fortnight, per month, perhaps. <laughs> And welcome back to Radio Brews News, broadcasting live from the Great Australian Beer Spectacular 2013. And this time I'm joined by Ross Jurisic, who's one of the co-founders of the Stone and Wood Brewing Company in Byron Bay. Ross, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thank you, Matt. Mate, long week, uh, good beer week Melbourne. Uh, when did you get down? Uh, we're Friday afternoon. Yeah, mate, I got down uh, last Saturday, so it's been, uh, it's been a long week and uh, the highlight of my week so far I uh, was heading to the supermarket yesterday and grabbing uh, a basket full of uh, fresh fruit. So. <laughs> well, you, you're looking at me well. You've been pacing yourself. You know, you, 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 your experience been around for a while. Yeah, 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 mate. Uh, a little bit of experience goes a long way with things <laughs> like this. Yeah, yeah. So, go, go hard too early and uh, yeah, you won't make it through. So what have your highlights been so far of the week? You've obviously had a couple of events yourself, so we'll, we'll, we'll exclude those. We know that Stone and Wood uh, knows what they're doing. What have you been your highlights that have been beyond Stone and Wood? Um, well, I'll tell you what, mate, looking uh, down onto the crowd here tonight at the Royal Exhibition Building is, uh, is an, an amazing sight. Firstly, it's an absolutely stunning building uh, to see all these people in here. Like, it's a really, really big crowd. Sure, it's a big room and they've got plenty of room, but there are a lot of people in here experiencing a lot of different styles and flavours of beer. So for this many people to part with their hard-earned cash and uh, come and support beer uh, is, a, is a pretty good indication on how the industry's going. Two things I noticed looking up here from the uh, Australian Brews News eerie high above uh, Great Australian Beer Spectacular is the, the, the line's running very smoothly in, 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 into the tap stations. And secondly, and this sounds really, really non-politically correct, but there are so many women here. Isn't that fantastic? As, as someone who wants to sell beer to the whole population. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, firstly, it's um, it's really well run. I uh, can't see anyone. There's no queue there that's, that, that's bigger than two people deep. So, um, yeah, they've done a fantastic job on trying to get this many people through uh, to be able to service them with that much beer or different styles of beer. So they're doing well. And it is. It's, a, it's great to see so many... Uh, so many girls, ladies, females here. It's, uh, 
again, I think it's um, an indication of the, the, the broadening of beer to a wider audience. And um, mind you, it's a Friday night, so might as well go out and have a few beers. <laughs> Mate, tell us a little bit, Stonewood, you guys have been doubling capacity every six months. You must have a standing off uh, arrangement with your uh, stainless steel supplies. Yeah, you know, we've, um, yeah, we've uh, the whole category is in really good growth and uh, at the end of the day we're, you know, we're nearly five years old now so uh, five years ago it was a lot harder than what it is now. Uh, we, we spent the last five years building that foundation of the business and all the nuts and bolts that go into that um, and now we're just uh, enjoying some, uh, some good growth along with the rest of the craft beer category. So the whole category's in growth and we're just going along for the ride. Mate, just for the people that don't know you personally, you, uh, you've you been selling beer for a long time. You, you started off as a regional rep for uh, CUB. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Back indeed. In, uh, yeah. up in Toowoomba from memory? Yeah, yeah, so um, I spent my earlier career or when I first started work, if you like, in, uh, in pubs and I remember seeing a number of guys selling, whether it be wine or beer or whatever, to the pub, and I remember the relationships that I had with the CUB guys, and they were always good guys to deal with, and I thought, well, sooner or later I'd like to get into the other side of side of beer, and so I landed a job with CUB, Carlton United Breweries, back in 1996, and they sent me Two, two hours west of where I was, out to out to Toowoomba. Um, I was out there for, for two years, uh, and then until I earned my stripes and moved back towards uh, the coast area, and, uh, and then I tra- transferred into a marketing role, and uh, had a long story short, I, I spent uh, 11 years with Foster, so. One. One phrase I'll throw at you to, uh, to, to explain to the, the listeners is one thing you regularly say to me is beer is a big boy's game. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean by that? You, know, you guys are a small craft brewery, yeah. Um, yeah. not exactly struggling, but you know, struggling in, in, in the broader scheme of things. What do you mean by beer is a big boy's game? Well, 95% of beer sold in Australia is sold between two brewers, um, and they are multi-billion dollar corporations, global corporations. Beer is a very established industry, uh, and for us to enter the beer industry, well, we're playing in in the big league, if you like. Uh, we're playing we're playing with the big kids. It, it's uh, it's their territory. It's their area. We're newcomers to it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what what I mean. You know, if we're, we're going to uh, mix it up uh, with an industry like that, well, you know, we've got to uh, we've got to have our wits about us. Uh, when you're, when you're toying with multi-billion-dollar companies, you've got to be doing a you've got to be doing a pretty good job. One thing I've never ever heard you complain about uh, in all the time that I've known you is tap contracts. And secondly, one of the things I always hear from uh, venues that have stone and wood beer on tap is they hear from you every week. You know, and I, uh, I I see those two concepts as being related. Um, you guys obviously look up when you get a tap you look after it and conversely you spend a lot of time getting those taps so contracts don't seem to worry you too much no no yeah it goes back to what we we're talking about before yeah you you want to play in the in the big hit sand pit uh, before stone and wood was set up those beer tap contracts were established 
a long time ago, long before we were there. Um, we knew that they were there, so when we started Stone and Wood, we knew that we had to play within those parameters, in, in with those uh, rules, if you like, or not even rules, but uh, it's a it's an industry thing. So you can't go into uh, into a venture and then complain about things once you get there, having known that they're there. So that's you know that, that, that's our take on it, and, and also the big uh, the big breweries. They make it easy for customers to order beer, they get beer delivered, um, uh, they make it very easy. So for us to compete in the same space, we have to do a better job than what they do uh, if we want to play in that space. So um, uh, you can't complain that you're a small guy and you can't you can't say, well, you know, we can't do this because we're not big like them or what have you. We knew that before we started in the industry. You know, those those parameters and uh, those processes or those systems were already in place before we came. So no point complaining about it after the fact. You've just got to be better than them at what they do. Mate, one more question. You've had a session and a half here at uh, Gabs. Have you had a chance to try many of the 92 beers, uh, one-off beers on tap? <laughs> no, it's a little bit early in the night and uh, we're manning our stand at the moment. So uh, I'm going to wait. Uh, it goes to 11 o'clock tonight, so uh, I'll probably wait till about 10 o'clock and um, head over and uh, I'm not going to get through 92 of them. Maybe over the next three days I'll get three have days, I'll get through a few of them. Have you had any of them yet or is there anything that stands out for you? No, no, no. Um, um, well, given uh, our location, I know that the guys from Green Beacon have got a beer in here tonight, so that'll be the first one I, um, I try and uh, find, so they're only an hour and 45 minutes up the road from us, so they're in, half, in, in, uh, half, my, in my backyard, yes. Half, half local from where we are, and um, uh, they're a good outfit, good blokes, so I wouldn't mind trying their beer first up. Ross Jurisic, thank you very much for joining Radio Bruce News, live from Gabs 2013. Cheers, mate. And now I'm joined by Dave Knighton, head brewer of Melbourne's Mountago Brewery. Welcome to Radio hey, Bruce News. Hey Matt, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hi, in, in the uh, Radio Bruce <laughs> yeah. News studio, high above uh, the Great Australian yeah. Spectacular. Mate, good beer week. It's been a fantastic week. We're yep. starting to wind down a little bit. Yeah. Um, highlights for you. Now, obviously, you guys oh, have had some events, so I'll, I'll get yeah. to your, your thoughts on the events that yeah, maybe you haven't done and take yep. a thread that your events were just great. Okay, for so, sure. So, what's been the highlight of uh, the week for you guys? Immediately f- for us, um, we had our. Um, I think the the, when, the 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 Sunday night thing we, we we did with the rock stars for us Henry Henry Wagons made made a peanut butter and jelly beer and Mick Thomas made a, a an Eastern brown ale and and they each did a, did a set on Sunday afternoon at Mick's pub the Yarra and um, 150 people came along on a Sunday afternoon and it was just a great feeling in the room there was good beer and there was good good music and, and they, the guys did a set each and then they just a couple of songs together so that was that was really good to bring I think. People that probably weren't necessarily craft beer p- p- people. Yep. Um, in, into the brewery, getting them making beer, and then getting to their p- people, because all their people came along to, to, to the gig as well. So it seemed like we, we we pulled some people across into craft beer, which, and it just it, it felt good as well. So it was. 
it's been a fantastic vibe around the venue. So yeah. It really is starting to see craft beer break out of yeah. maybe its bubble. And, and oh, I hope so. We, we, won't, we won't quite say mainstream yet, but it's certainly uh, getting <laughs> yeah. a lot of interest out there. Yeah, for sure. I think I've just, just felt it around town at all the events that this year's just got you know, so much bigger than last year. And we felt it from the first year to the second year. It's just gone up a couple of notches again this year. And, and uh, you know, I can't wait to see what, what, what happens next year as well. Full, full credit to James yeah, Smith. Yeah, he's team. done a great job. Now, awesome. we're at Gaps. You've got a, yep. a special one-off yep. beer here. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We, we made um, Andy's Reserve Amber Ale. We've, we've been on a bit of a, an Amber Ale kick this year. Obviously, Hightail is one of our, our, our flagship beers. It was my epiphany style. Um, we made, we've made Fancy Pants this year, and we released that for the first time in a rare breed. And we just thought, well, let's keep on our little Amber Ale track and we wanted to make something mellow still 4.5% beer we put a little nutmeg, little chilli little vanilla bean and a little cinnamon in Andy, so Andy's our Andy's son of Randy Okay. Um, that we attach to the fermenter, so we stock him full of hops generally, attach him to the fermenter or the bright beer tank and run a loop of the beer, so it comes out of the bottom of the fermenter through through Andy, through the hops and then back into the tank okay. we literally stand beside the tank tasting the beer as it's infusing and we, we just get it right and then we shut it off time's up so that's Andy right. and uh, okay so uh, that, that, that's uh, your, your Gabs beer yep. have, have you had, had much of a chance to try some of the others no okay. <laughs> I haven't I haven't, <laughs> haven't been that in I've had um, I was just on the panel with with Mar- with um, with Sean yep. and Juzzy and, uh, and Derek the, the, the winner of the homebrew competition who's made a beer with Red Duck yep. so I've had those five and that um, yeah Derek's Derek's home, homebrew he made a single hop APA with with Centennial. Yep. With Scott from Red Duck, and that was that was a lovely beer. Okay. It was a lovely beer. Nice. And Sean's beers are always fantastic. Oh, yeah. Is. yeah, and, so. uh, yeah. But uh, looking down as, as we sit, look above uh, up in the Melbourne Exhibition, Royal <laughs> Melbourne Exhibition Centre, isn't it a fantastic crowd? Yeah, oh, it's uh, a it's an enormous crowd, and it's everyone's here. There's I mean, there's so many women here, which which is great. I was just having a big conversation with some blokes that must be in their their seventies yep. at least. And that was that's fantastic. It's just a it's a broad reach. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, and we, we brought this interview has been recorded on the morning session on the Saturday, so it's probably one of the busiest sessions yeah. that they have. And, it certainly uh, was last year. Things seem to be uh, running very smoothly. It, it, it's, it really soaks up a huge volume of people. This yeah. is our big building, doesn't it? Totally, that's great. And it looks it looks great, and it looks good for craft beer. I think it's a good it's a good little it's a good grown-up thing for us to, to be doing yeah. to be able to fill the Melbourne exhibition buildings for you know over three days it's great in, in a you know, responsible way I was having a chat oh. to the security uh, head of security a little bit yeah. earlier and uh, you know he, he pointed out that the number of women changed the, the, the dynamic of a place yeah, right. it, it's, if you've got more women in yeah. it means fewer problems for them right. and if you look at how many women are here um, yeah. drinking beer and even you know not being dragged along reluctantly as a designated <laughs> driver by yeah. their husbands or boyfriends yeah. they're actually here participating it's just such a yeah. good sign it's fantastic so, it's great Dave thank you for joining us uh, on Radio Pleasure, Shoes and, uh, Pleasure. all the best Thanks talk for to you soon have, have a good beer week And yes, uh, we're still the morning session of Great Australian, Australasian Beer Spectacular on the Saturday, and now I'm joined by Jade Flavel from the Weedy in Adelaide. How you doing? Good. To, uh, before we start talking about Good Beer Week, let's talk about Good Beer Weedy. That's uh, your little uh, pre-Good Beer Week um, 
entree to, to good beer, you know, entree to good beer week at the, the Wee Chief Hotel in Adelaide. How'd, how'd you go there? Indeed, really, really well. It's the second year that we've run uh, Good Beer Wedding, and in, effectively we're doing uh, to Good Beer Week what Good Beer Week is doing to the AIBAs, which is borrowing some of the fantastic beer people who are in town for the event. Uh, and we figure that Melbourne to Adelaide is effectively just a cab ride away. Uh, and, and you can only say that in Australia, <laughs> really, can't you? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> You know, 300 k's, um, but uh, and some brewers certainly uh, behaved like that, treated it like that. We had um, uh, last year we had Doc, Darren Robinson come over from Doctor's Orders. Yep. He literally flew in for three or four hours. He brewed a beer specifically for Good Beer Weedy, uh, hosted the tasting, and flew out again. This year um, we had Tom Rice from Brooklyn Brewery, who had been at Mountain Goat and event all day, uh, flew to the Weedy, did tasting there, and pretty much flew back again. So it was um, no, a fantastic event. We had eight event, uh, eight, eight tastings and various events over five days, featuring uh, some of the best brewers in, in Australia and, and in the world. In fact, and, uh, the response from punters was phenomenal. You know, we sour is the new bitter tasting, uh, which was perhaps the one that was, was, was the most uh, uh, unknown in terms of the, the punters that would respond. It was a you know, fantastic turnout. The beers were phenomenal. Ben Krause flew in for three hours for that tasting and he spent longer uh, getting to the weedy and back than he did at the pub. And that's always a pretty good uh, show, show, of, uh, show of force, I think. Um, uh, the other events, we had Yeasty Boys, we had Soren Erickson from Eight Wide, uh, Renaissance, Brooklyn Brewery, Doctor's Orders, as I said, Ben Krause. Um, just some, some fantastic tastings. But I guess one of the, the highlights was um, uh, Leo De Vincenzo from Vera del Borgo. Yep. And the idea was to uh, collaborate publicly with him uh, we, we discussed the idea the year before and came up with a, a terrible cheesy pun and then had to design a beer around the cheesy pun, uh, which tends to be the way we do things at the wedding. Cheesy pun comes first and then concept comes after that. Uh, and, and Leo obviously has a very good sense of humour and, and, and agreed to, uh, to, to, to partake in this exercise. And so on the Friday, uh, we wheeled out our brand spanking new Beer Belly 50 litre pilot system that we'd had for an entire six days and brewed on twice, and we wheeled it out to brew in front of a paying public uh, on a system that was pretty much unknown, uh, with a beer that was highly questionable. Um, and uh, with one of Europe's best craft brewers, what could possibly go wrong? Working without a net. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so I think I aged about 10 years in, a, in, a, in that week leading up to Good Beer Weedy, uh, but it was phenomenal, it went, went, went really, really well. Uh, in terms of the brewing, we, we hit most of our targets, and, and uh, you know, also a few uh, gravity points and a, and a Few uh, leaders between friends. There were no, no major drama there, and, and it came out of the kettle, kettle tasting okay, yeah. which, which was a good result. Beautiful. So, the beer itself, uh, the cheesy bun, last year's good beer week, uh, talking to Vera de Borgo's uh, importer at a tasting at Slow Beer, and we uh, were talking about potentially getting Leo over to do a collaboration. Uh, what are we going to brew? We were drinking My Antonia at the time, the Imperial Pilsner that was uh, Leo's collaboration with Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head. Continuously hopped Imperial Pilsner. Uh, and uh, Kerry was just mentioning all these uh, local ingredients uh, from where, where Leo's region of Italy. And chestnuts been done before, other things been done before. And then she said anchovies. Yep. And uh, at that point I said, my anchovia, it's it, it's done. <laughs> Cheesy bun, my anchovia. And then thought, shit, I have to try and you know, design a beer around anchovies, which is perhaps easier said than done. And, uh, and perhaps very good reason hadn't been done before. Uh, but idea was salt, savoury, briny, uh, could be a Leipziger goose, nowhere to hide, 
could be an oyster stout. So we, we went down the, the track of an oyster stout and designed a fairly uh, robust, roasty, uh, reasonably bitter stout. 6% 60 theoretical we use, a fair bit of oatmeal in there. Um, and then added the anchovy nice. in various forms. Anchovy oil, which is a local delicacy. Uh, How is that going to go with the head on the, on, on, on the that, beer? That was my concern. Uh, Leo had no qualms about that at all. He, he said it, it, it wouldn't it, and shouldn't affect head retention. There's enough. There's a little bit of weed in there. There's oats in there. High protein. Yep. Um, uh, lower lower ABV beer, lighter body perhaps, but he wasn't concerned about head retention at all. And I guess, you know, that was the least of our worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> anchovies. Yeah. Head, exactly. Head retention, bah, you know, if it's flat. <laughs> we'll just put it on the hand pump. Um, but we, we, uh, I left it up to Leo to decide what form the anchovies would take and, and when, at which point we'd add them. And he uh, brought this delicacy from his region, which is anchovy juice, effectively like a fish sauce, a fermented yep. anchovies, pretty pungent. Okay. Um, we felt that we should really add some first wort anchovies because it sounded good. Uh, and then left the, 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 the rest of the anchovy editions to a late anchovy edition. So most of it was, uh, you know, the last couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, 90 mil in 40 odd litres. Um, and then it wouldn't be right if we didn't add some actual anchovies. So I had a couple of white anchovies that we, we added in a hot bag for a couple of minutes at knockout. Okay. And then I ate afterwards and they were absolutely delicious. Really? New delicate bar snack? Because I, I do love my white anchovies as a uh, snack, so uh, I might have to start. Perfect. Still poaching. salty, obviously, still anchovies, but yep. um, uh, roasty, chocolatey, and a little bit of little bit of hop character as well. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, out of the kettle, it didn't it didn't taste too bad. Uh, one of the fermenters, we've got a couple of fermenters bubbling away as we speak, and uh, one of the fermenters I'm gonna uh, I have been uh, continuously uh, dry anchovying. So <laughs> first work in the kettle and in the fermenter as well. We'll see how it goes. You know, so, uh, four to six weeks, we'll know. We'll uh, touch base for a uh, follow-up and see how it goes. So, Absolutely. Now, catching that cab across to Melbourne now, we are here yes. at uh, the Great Australasian Beer Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Have you drunk widely and drunk well from the 92 beers on offer? Uh, no, no. I've, I've, I've had uh, bits and pieces. As, as with many of these events, uh, it's sort of two steps forward, then you run into someone you know and it's a, a, for me, that's, that's, that's the highlight. I'm, that's yeah, why I'm ab- hiding up here. So yeah, ab- absolutely, <laughs> which is fantastic. I mean, that's why I, that's why I come to these things, it's just to catch up with people and yep. chat and put faces uh, to names. People I've emailed for years or spoken to on the phone and never actually met in person. Uh, and often those people have a beer in their hands, so they'll be, hey, try this, try this. I'll get a couple of samples and and likewise, uh, you know, give, share them around. So no, I've tried uh, very few. Any but, standouts? Anything that you do uh, want to? Uh, Yeasty Boys, you know, Age of Bloodshed, I thought it was, it was, it was really quite, quite fantastic. Beetroot, you know, why wasn't it, why hasn't it been done more often? I've been, yeah. see, I've been saying for a long time, beetroot uh, in chocolate cake is yes. just one of those, yes. beetroot chocolate cake. Yep. Beetroot stout would just be a perfect match, but not being a brewer, I've been suggesting it. Nice to be. Borscht. I, I, I don't claim any credit for it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm nice to see, you know, every now and then, you know, you know it wasn't a completely out there idea. <laughs> no, it did, well, it, it makes sense, and uh, borscht. Makes sense. Russian Imperial Stout with beetroot, you know, I think it could work. But uh, look, there are just so many beers, and uh, and, and uh, I haven't been taking notes. But um, no, it's, it's a fantastic, no, it takes fantastic. Takes a lot of fun out of it to take notes. I so. think so too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a ticker. I just try stuff. If it works, I like it. I'll, I'll make note of it. But um, I there are so many fantastic beers here, beers we won't see again. Um, Barik Okama was another standout. Okay. Uh, primarily for the cheesy pun. Yep. And, and also for the beer itself. And uh, that, that was also fantastic. I thought the lovely interplay of, of hops and, and barrel and roast and, and cheesy bun. So it was a, it was a winner on all fronts for me. 
I better let you get uh, down there and uh, get a few more beers and a few more meetings. So, get Jane, uh, Jade Flavor, uh, I've never pronounced the same way twice. Um, it, <laughs> it's fine. I've been called worse. <laughs> thank you very much for joining Radio Brews News and uh, enjoy a good beer week. Pleasure. Thanks, mate. Cheers. And yes, with me now in the Radio Brews News loft at the greatest Australasian beer, spectacular. Um, I'm now joined by Jasper Cuppage, who's the founder of Camden Town Brewing in London. Uh, he's a, an Australian uh, who's made a, a big splash in the London beer scene and he's uh, flown over. So Jasper, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thank you, nice to be here. Mate, tell us a little bit, you're a Brisbane boy who uh, 17 years ago landed in London and uh, these days you own one of the most exciting London breweries. Tell us a, yeah. the, the, the quick... The quick shot of it. Like yeah. I, was, yeah, I was on my way to Africa on a surfing trip. I'd just been in Mexico and I uh, yeah, ran into a few guys in a pub that I'd uh, been surfing with in Mexico. Long story short, Mr. Mr. Fly Home by drinking too many beers, and then uh, yeah, fell on my feet in the uh, in the beer world. So just started collecting glasses and just loved the sociability and working on the pub scene. And so then yeah, worked in pubs and then ended up buying my own pub, and then that's here we are today. And uh, obviously, sort of brewing. You got into home brewing um, during that journey. Yeah, no, I used to home brew back home in Brisbane when I was a kid. Um, always loved beer, the sociability of it, and like drinking. I was never really a big spirits or any sort of that sort of guy. So when I went to America and. You know, I was always getting full-flavoured beers, and so when I built the well, I built the pub for my mother's uh, 50th birthday. She had a family brewery in Rockhampton, so I thought I'd reincarnate the brand just for fun in the basement. So I started reincarnating the McLaughlin's well, brewery. I should say there's a McLaughlin's brewery in yeah. uh, Rockhampton that was uh, yeah. bought by CUB in the 70s. 70s. Yeah, 71, I think they bought it, and so just for my mum, just for a, a 50th, a, something nice to do, I thought. So I started making ba- beers in the basement and. And I re- actually really enjoyed it. Loved what we could do. Liked the feedback, the sociability of being able to talk to people about what we were making. The beer scene was dead when we were doing it. You know, there was only four of us making beer in the country, in the, in the sorry, in the city, and they were all you know big breweries, you know, privately, you know, big big nationals. So we were, I guess, the first pub brewery, or you know, that, in, that started, and, and just went from there. And we uh, we quickly realised that it was actually we getting a lot of requests for our beer, and we quickly realised we needed to make a bigger site. So we took it off site uh, about three years ago. Built a brewery uh, down in Camden, where where I live. Built a turnkey brewery from Germany, and yeah, we started kicking down doors to try and get people to take beer. And now we're uh, yeah, now we're happily supplying about 1,300 accounts, I think, across the city. And uh, the, the Australian connection just doesn't end with uh, you being a Brisbane boy, having a background coming from a brewing family in Queensland. Your uh, head brewer these days is uh, very well known here as Alex Troncoso, formerly of uh, Little Creatures. Yeah, what a great guy! You know, uh, we met each other at a. Uh, at CBC in America about three years or two years ago, and we just had a common ground on what we were trying to achieve as a brewery and what he wanted to achieve as a you know in the brewing industry. And I think, yeah, we're not trying to do things upside down. We're just trying to do things really well. And so it just, yeah, it made sense hopefully for us to get together. And we put an advertisement out looking for someone to come and work for us. And he wrote to me and said, I think I'm slightly overqualified for the position. And I said, Well, maybe you should take my position. And he said, Yeah, probably that's what I need. And I was like, Well, well look, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. So now. Alex, I guess, came over. He's now got about 15 in the brewing team underneath, I guess, underneath him. So a head brewer and, 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 and you know, cold side, packaging side. He oversees the brewing, but now he's more of a, I guess his official title is Developments Director, but eventually he'll become Managing Director and I'll, you know, be number two, which cool. is where I'm best at. So okay. getting out, selling beer, talking about beer, meeting the people, and that's what I like doing. So. And Alex has just such a strong focus on quality controls. Having someone like him must be really, uh, you know, reassuring to you uh, I think that's the perfect word you know I can sit here very happily and reassured that the beer that we've got on tap here couldn't be any better and it tastes awesome 
on a quality point of view, it's exactly how we made it in the brewery, how it comes out of the tap. And I think as Camden now that we supply that many accounts, it was really, really part of our big part of our mantra to have reassurance. Yeah, you know, we have to give consistently good quality beer and we can't have fault. And I think with Alex on board, that's one thing he's really stamped into the brewery. Actually when he when he turned up, I had these grand plans of doing about 10 beers this year, and he came in and he was like, see all of those? They're over. And I was like, really? Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna focus on the four beers that we do, and we're gonna do them really well. We're gonna put a back massive QC development program in, which is now complete. And uh, yeah, the beers have never been better. So I'm really happy to have him on board. And I guess a little bit unusually in, cra in the craft world, uh, you make lagers. Yeah, we're probably, I guess, when everyone says, what do we do? We're probably, I guess the best way is we're a specialty lager brewery. That's what we love doing. I love drinking lager. I love the crispness, the freshness of it. I also like it as a, as a, as a tapestry to work with. Um, you can really throw a lot of stuff at it and do something that's really exciting. So, we've got, I guess, about you know our mainstream lagers. There's a beer called Hell's, not Helles. It's Hell's, so it's a two hybrids of two. It's a hybrid of Pilsner and Helles stuck together, done our way. Um, and then we go from 4.6 all the way up to about eight and a half percent. We do a beer called Rude Boy, which is like a it's not an imperial lager, it's more like a sessionable lager that's been dry hopped to hell and it just, yeah, it's awesome. So we took Modus Operandi from Scar and blended it, or took their recipe and took our recipe and made the two together. And we're going to have a, a release beer later that Alex is, you know, I guess the first beer he's had complete control over. We're going to bring out an IPL, so an Indian pale lager, which will be part of our core range. Excellent. And uh, so, yeah, lager is definitely where we're at. We ferment and condition for... You know, I guess most of our beers, average tank time in our brewery is about four and a half weeks. Um, so unlike most, I guess, small breweries, we do have a big tank farm and we hold on to our beers for, for a, you know, a long period of time. And, uh, and yeah, so the beer that we've got here today isn't filtered, but you'll see it's real bright. You know, it's nice and clean and that's just from natural tank time. And, you know, one of the, re I mean, I guess with this, we did an alt beer for Gabs. Um, an alt beer is from Germany, but treated like a lager. Fermentation is treated like an ale, so it's, really hot, high force pressure so it's very hot but then it's lagered for four to five weeks afterwards that's yeah so it's an old style or that's what old means old old beer and we lagered it for five weeks in tank and, uh, and it's probably the freshest beer on tap here we flew it in this week well there's a funny story about that uh if you can explain it so can, can i ask um did you fly uh, business class to get out here no. Because your, your, your beer certainly did. Didn't yeah, you? The, the, the beers definitely flew business, probably twice. Um, it was very, yeah, we uh, we packed the beers late because they needed more time in tank. So we decided to send them late, and the only way to send them was by air. When we decided to send them, we, we reduced the amount that we were going to send, obviously, because it's all done on weight rather than rather than square, square like, not like a normal pallet, it's done by pallet, pallet size. And so we knew what we had to send, we got it priced up. When it got, went to get collected, the, the small, I guess the, the small story of it, rather than being an empty pallet, a couple of the packaging guys saw the beer sitting on two pallets and then repacked them, put, made them full, and we ended up shifting two and a half tons instead of 450 kilos. So yeah, the beer freight was pretty expensive, but the beer's real fresh. So on a great point of view, we've got yeah, probably one of the freshest tasting beers in the place. On a bad point of view, I've got to pay the bill when I go. <laughs> you definitely won't be flying business class on the way back. No. I mean, is this part of a, a longer-term strategy or a shorter-term strategy to send your beers to Australia as a regular thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the wonderful—I mean, the wonderful thing about the, 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 the Australian beer market is it's excellent. You know, it's, it's very easy to see when you go to bars in this place, and it's normality to have great, like-minded, good breweries selling, a, you know, alongside each other. So we looked at the beer world and where we wanted to put it. 
that Australia always kept coming up. One, we've got ties, obviously my family, Alex is a big player out here as well at one stage. So Australia made sense for us. That we're not ever going to be exporting you know, probably more than 3 to 5% of our overall volume. Um, but it's just nice to have beer in a, in, a, in a good market that likes good beer. So we're doing a, a I guess, a, and we also thought about how would we work. We didn't really want to work with a wholesaler. Um, we more wanted to work with someone who was on the ground. So, you know, I know Ross and, and the guys from Stone and Wood quite well, and, it, and, they, and they know Alex quite well. And we put our heads together and it made kind of sense to, to sort of do something together. So we're going to have beer out here, I think, twice a year, probably not a huge amount, maybe a small container. So about 60 kegs and about sort of 10 to 15 pallets a pack. They'll come out seasonally, like so probably the summer and then the, and the autumn. Um, so you'll get our ours versus our limited series beers out here, and also our I guess high flavored beers as well. Not our probably not that much hells, but mainly the full flavored beers that'll probably sit really well hopefully out in the market. So yeah, you'll see it. They'll be cold refrigerated. They'll come out, and we'll get some of the snow beers out of us as well. So it's a bit of a beer spot. And uh, with family over here, you'll obviously be making occasional trips. So is there a chance of collaborations in the work? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be definitely back here next year. This is such a good festival. It's probably one of the best I've been to. So I'll definitely be coming back to Gabs next year. And, and Good Beer Week, what a great idea. So I'm hoping to meet up with the guys from Good Beer Week and see how they put together such a fundamentally such a great idea that really works. It's talking at the pointy end of the beer industry. And I think that's it's something they should be really proud of. And hopefully we might be able to do something similar over at our end and uh, yeah we'll, but yeah so it's a, I'll definitely be back. It's great and uh, I think I've said a couple of times during the uh, the, the various interviews of podcast that's all down to James Smith and his team of the Good Beer Week and obviously the guys from the Tap House for Gabs. Um, two very different events but they, they, it's just great to hear that they're, they're recognised. Uh. Yeah I mean we've been to lots of events all over the world. Probably the poorest one is in our own city you know? so uh, but to come to something like this it's so as a brewer it just realize why you do it because you're talking to a, the audience that you want to talk to and the audience we want to talk to is in this court at the moment the innovative the young you know people who are you know interested in food interested in beer and actually sociability of beer rather than just drinking to get drunk you know and I think it's a really special people should enjoy it because it's a really special occasion this and the whole of good beer we've been to Tiga stations with Feral which was incredible slow food movement with Leo from you know, from Italy it's been a it's been and also obviously we had a dinner at Tap House which was just Hosted by Peter, which is hilarious, but it was a he's good value. Pete, uh, yeah, it was great, and I think the whole thing. So hopefully, we get invited to be back next year, and if so, we'll be here with Belsa. Right, so Jasper Cuppage, thank you for joining us on Radio Bruce News. Yeah, great, thanks for having me. Now I'm joined by Andy Skade, who's the brewing manager for Little Creatures Brewing in Fremantle. Andy, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you for being ahead. But we're, we're uh, recording live, as, uh, as I've said, ad nauseum on this uh, little podcast from the Great Australian Beer Spectacular. Have you had much of a chance to get out and try any of the beers? Yeah, I had the pleasure of trying pretty much everything yesterday. <laughs> You're looking a little bit bleary-eyed. I'm, I'm feeling a little dusty. That's okay, but anything stand out? Hey, tell, tell us about your beer first, the, the beer that you guys have got on our show. So the, the, our Gab's entry was the Shepherd's Warning. So we took the Shepherd's Delight Wort and we barrel fermented that in a barrel that had previously had some Britannomyces in there from um, some previous experiments. So we kind of let that develop a bit of the funk for the last few months. And then probably about a week before we sent it over here, we, we gave it a bit of a generous dry hop with Amarillo. And uh, yeah, racked it out and sent it over here. Excellent. And uh, how, how do you think it's tasting? I think it's tasting really good. I'm, I'm loving the um, 
we're sort of trying to battle the, the funk from the Brett with the, the big hop hit. And we think that works really well, that nice big citrus with the funk, the barnyard. And then on the end, just get that the bitterness kind of interplaying with that little sour twang that you get on it. So I think it's gone really well. You guys must be uh, looking forward to the uh, Geelong uh, opening. Um, it must be taking take the pressure off you and Fremantle having to supply the whole of Australia. It, it certainly is going to take the pressure off a bit. Yeah, they've just done their first uh, two brews the last couple of weeks. It's gone really well. So I think for them, it's just a bit of fine tuning. Somebody's just broken a glass down the uh, down on the floor. Uh, it'll, it'll just be a little bit of fine tuning for them and um, getting it all up and running and commissioning all the equipment. But really, in the next few weeks, they should be getting some beer out there. Hopefully. Now, do you think there'll be any difference between the East Coast and the West Coast uh, Pale Ale? Because you are brewing Pale Ale at Geelong as well. We're going to do the Pale Ale on both coasts. So yeah, we'll take the West Coast. They're going to do all the East Coast. Um, I don't really think there's going to be much of a difference. We, um, for us, this is a new experience. Um, but you know, we've got some experience within us about how to make sure that the products are pretty well matched. But I guess the key for the Pale Ale, it always has been. You know, you get those nice seasonal variations on the hops anyway, so you're going to see changes. You always have seen changes. So it's, a, it's not a case that you've been dumbing it down uh, over the last couple of years the way no, I keep getting told? Not at all, not at all, not at all. In fact, you know, we, we're just, we're incredibly conscious of that at the moment. We really wouldn't want anybody to perceive that that's the way we're going to go. We're not going to go that way. You're always going to have some variations. What we like to do is obviously get those fresh hop hits from around the world. We're getting in the hops from the US at a certain time of year. Um, we'll get the Tasmanian hops actually pretty soon because they've harvested and they've processed. We're going to get the Tassie hit soon and then not long after the New Zealand hit. That's the way we've always been across the year. So so it's just naturally going to change a little bit different as, as, as you go through it because beer is an agricultural product. It absolutely is, yeah. And we've always wanted the freshness from obviously Cascade is our signature. We've always, Cascade's a big signature. And then we've got the other varieties that we put in there. We call it the seasoning. So we're working with some Chinook out of the US or we're gonna work with um, Stella out of um, Australia or we're gonna get a bit of Rewalka or Rakao coming out of New Zealand. So we like the seasonings in there across the year. So it always changes a bit. We just want it to be fresh and that, you know, that nice balanced big hit from Pale Ale. I guess when little creatures you know, one of the things that they really uh, made a big thing of when they first started was that they were the first brewery to get uh, the license to import whole hop flowers. Yeah. It was a big part of the beer. Um, particularly, I'm trying to think, uh, in the early uh, or the late 20, you know, 2009, when there was a, a hop shortage, um, yep. the, the very famous hop shortage, I think that was the first time you started moving to some of the, uh, the, the um, more uh, geographic uh, varieties. Yep. Um, how, how, how hard is it in, in a business when you do uh, establish one thing, which was your, your, your that was American Cascade Hops, and then start doing it? You know, how do you counter that backlash when people start saying it's changing, which of course it is, but not changing in a bad way, and it's, it's not being, it's not the accountants driving the, the, the brewing experience? It never has been the accountants driving our brewing experience. The hops, I mean, from the start, like you said, when we opened in 2000, we, we, had, we got a quarantine approval, uh, which is a lot of hard work, it's a lot of paperwork and a bit of extra money. Um, but we were prepared to do that to get the, the whole hop cones coming in from America. I mean, in, in 2000, you, we, we wanted that big classic Cascade and Chinook kind of hit. And, but over the, over the last 12 years, you know, the, the Tasmanian industry and the New Zealand industry have really come along. 
and we were working early on with the guys at Hot Products Australia in terms of getting the, the cascade growing up and so we were big advocates of that in the early days. Um, but we've never really we've never really tried to counteract the argument that we're we're changing. We're just working with the, the best ingredients we can. But change doesn't necessarily mean a change in quality, does it? Not at all, no, no. No, change in quality We've always strived to make the best quality beer, but we've always said, you know, we're just, we're not gonna lock it in stone. We, we just wanna make the best beer we possibly can. It, it must be fantastic to have a, uh, like a, a partnership with someone like Tim Lord and Hot Products Australia, who uh, you know, we love here at uh, Australian Brews News. Yeah. Um, and having them work so hard on developing their industry and making a, a, an ingredient that you guys can really use. It's fantastic. We, we love working with those guys. Um, you know, they've been a really big help to us as well, talking to us about new varieties, talking about what's coming out of the, the experimental garden and all that kind of stuff. And we actually love sending once a year for harvest. We always love sending some of the brewers over to come and hang out and um, check out the harvest and see what it's all about and just educating ourselves as well. Do you have the same sort of relationship with your malt suppliers? Is there that same sort of development or is there the same sort of technical uh, approach to the development? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we work with uh, Barrett Burston. So our base malts are coming out of Barrett Burston. We use uh, an ale malt that they're blending for us. So we really like, um, at the moment, it's probably about a 50-50 blend of Gardner and Schooner coming together. And that's giving us a higher total nitrogen. We really like that, it's a bit more of the classic ale malt. Um, they work really hard to um, give us the malt spec that we're after. And for our specialty malts, they're actually all coming out of Barrett Burston as well. And that's by David Cryer, and there, I mean, that, that combination is great for us. Um, you know, we're using some nice caramels and so on from them. So, definitely have a strong relationship with them. And actually, one of the great things with the Geelong Brewery coming up, you know, Barrett Burst Maltings just down the road. So, great relationship already there as well. Hops, obviously, uh, there's a real seasonality. That does the malt change throughout the year and change the flavour as well. Absolutely, and in fact, um, Barrett Burson just just this last Friday uh, loaded a container of the new season malt for us, so we can get it early and we can see how that might affect the brewing process. So we always work pretty closely with them to see some specs early on before we get the new season in. We always get a box, maybe two. Uh, when I say a box, it's a sea container. Of 20,000 kilos of malt. So we're talking a, not a small box, a, a pretty large one. And um, we get that in and we'll, we'll work with it for a couple of weeks and see how that pans out for us. Excellent. Andy, uh, very quickly before we finish, I think you're about to ring the bell to, uh, to bring the first session of uh, the Saturday uh, at Gabs to close. Uh, what's been the standout this week for you uh, as part of Good Beer Week? Has there been a, a single event that's uh, really stood out for you? Uh, I just don't think you can go past this Gabs event. It's it's really good. It's great to see everybody in here. Um, I think last year's was great, and you can see they've made some really good improvements on the layout. Um, I just think a festival like this is going to get bigger and bigger. Um, having said that, well, one of the standouts for me was the CBIA conference. Um, just a fantastic first year at it. That's only going to get bigger and better. I think it's catering to just what the craft industry needs and wants. Um, each of the lectures was, was great. The discussion panels at the end of the day were fantastic. I thought the turnout was really good. It's only going to get better and better, just what we need. It's exciting times to be here. Andy Skate, thank sure you for joining is. us on Radio yeah. Bruce News. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Well, back now in the quiet of the regular Radio Brews News studio. This is Matt Kirkegaard, editor of Australian Brews News. We hope you enjoyed the coverage from the great Australasian Beer Spectacular 2013. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the variety of guests we managed to get on tape. Um, there were a lot more people that we spoke to and some fascinating stories. This was all that we managed to get on tape and all uh, we managed to get within the time that we were uh, wanted to run it to, which is around about an hour. Um, stick with us. Uh, Pete and I are definitely committed to getting Radio and Brews news out more often, um, circumstances permitting. So we've got some great uh, shows that we've already recorded um, or great interviews that we've already recorded that Pete and I will get up, including a uh, fascinating interview from uh, Chuck Hahn of Malt Trouble Breweries looking at beer provenance, location, uh, what should be on the label and uh, Kosciuszko Pale Ale. So stay tuned for that one. We also had the tape recorder running through a lot of the sessions at the recent Craft Brewers Conference in uh, Good Beer Week um, and we'll be running those out uh, very soon. Um, it's great to be back uh, with Radio Brews News. We definitely do want to be doing more of them. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for uh, sticking with us. Thank you for uh, listening. And we hope you enjoyed, enjoyed our coverage of the great Australasian Beer Spectacular. Look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. There's a garden, but a garden. Only happy faces bloom there. And there's never any room there for a worry or a gloom there. For oh, this music. And there's dancing, and a lot of sweet romancing. When they play a polka, they all get in the swing. Every time they hear that umpa-pa, everybody feels so tra-la-la.